Hi, everyone. It's Cynthia Samanian, your host of The Experiential Table and founder of Hidden Rhythm. Now, this is a bonus episode that I just had to share with you as we have Black Friday right around the corner. Now, many of you are already teaching online cooking classes and doing a great job at it. Some of you are struggling, and perhaps you're struggling to get started, or you've done a few and you just don't feel comfortable with the tech. I've got you covered in this episode because I am sharing three tips to make your online cooking class tech easier. So if you've never taught before and the one thing getting in your way is tech, or if you've been teaching and you just can't seem to figure it out, I want you to know that this episode is for you. And be sure you listen through to the very end of this episode because I'm announcing something that I've never done before and it's only available for a very limited time. But first, let's get started with the three tips to make your online cooking class tech easier. All right, so tip number one is to start simple. I can't tell you how many times people ask me which DSLR they should get, how many cameras should they use, should they invest in a professional microphone setup? No, you don't need any of that. By having more equipment, by using fancy software, you're just going to make it harder on yourself, especially if you don't consider yourself to be tech savvy and it takes you some time to get the hang of things when it comes to technology. Now, that is okay. What you do best is teach your cooking craft. You're not a tech support person. And like I said, it's okay. Don't worry about it, but let's set you up for success. So what I want you to do is to think simple when it comes to what you're using from a hardware perspective and from a software perspective. What is the most basic setup that you can use to create a still high quality production? Now let's start with the first category, which is hardware. For your cameras, I recommend having two. I like the two camera setup where you have one camera straight on looking at you and another camera overhead. Now, when I say camera, I'm not talking about a $700, $1,000 Sony DSLR. Yes, you can get that. Yes, there's a place for those. And you can get fancy lenses to go with them too, which will put you back you know, thousands of dollars altogether. But if you want to get started and you want to keep it simple, then you probably have what you need already. Now, for your front-facing camera, I recommend using your laptop. If your laptop is new and it has a really good built-in camera, it may work out just fine. Otherwise, consider getting a webcam. You can find them around $100, sometimes a bit more depending on what model you're looking at, but it will be much cheaper than a high-end DSLR. So that's one camera to consider for your straight-on front-facing camera. Now, I also like having an overhead camera that either looks down at a cutting board or perhaps a burner. You can use a portable burner if you can't have your setup in your exact kitchen space. There's lots of ways to be flexible about it. Your overhead camera, once again, does not have to be a fancy digital camera. It can be your phone. If you have a relatively new phone, there's a very good chance that the camera on your phone is more than enough for what you need to capture great video for your class. 
To actually get your phone overhead, so whether it's over your cutting board or your portable burner, you'll need some sort of stand or arm. Now, there are a variety of these on Amazon. So if you just do a search for overhead camera mount or stand phone holder, you'll definitely find some options. And then from there, it's just a bit of trial and error to see which one you like best and what works best for your space. So between your webcam or your laptop's built-in camera, if it's a high-quality camera, and your phone, you have the cameras that you need to teach your online cooking classes. It's that simple, that straightforward. Now let's move to the next topic of hardware, which is your audio. Now with audio, you don't want to use the audio on your laptop or even on your phone, because guess what? It's not that great. So what I recommend using is a lav mic, one that clips onto you, and that way you don't have to have a mic in front of you that you have to make sure you're close to. It moves with you. You can even get a wireless one so that if you really move around a lot in the kitchen, you don't have to worry about the cord being too short and potentially tripping over it. That would be a bit of a disaster. And the third piece of hardware to talk about are your lights. Now, lighting is really, really important. So I have to say, if there's a place where you should spend money when it comes to your equipment, I would actually say go for some good lighting. Now, you don't have to spend a ton of money on lights. You can get a really good set of high quality indoor studio lights for a couple hundred dollars. So we're not talking thousands here, but it's still a decent investment. Now with lighting, ultimately what you're trying to do is have bright, steady light. So most of you will be teaching in the evening, in which case you could turn on your indoor lights, your kitchen lights, for example, your dining room lights. And while that's great for enjoying dinner at home, it usually has a yellowish tinge that can make food look really unappealing, especially on photo and video. If you've ever tried to take a photo of, let's say, a plate of pasta in your kitchen and you have that yellowish light shining down on it, it just never looks as good as it will in daylight. So unless you're able to shoot in daylight, if you have you know great side light coming into your kitchen, then what you're going to need to do is fake it and use artificial lighting. You can find specific light sets with bulbs that mimic outdoor daylight, so that really clean white light. This will also ensure that no matter what time of day you're teaching your cooking class, the lighting is consistent. And as a bonus, if you're interested in recording classes, so having pre-recorded classes and tutorials in addition to your live cooking classes, then you do want to invest in artificial lights because you can record the same thing throughout the whole day and it would look like it was done all at once. So if you can only record after the kids go to bed, say 9 p.m., but you want it to look the same as the next evening at 7 p.m., you're not going to have to worry about weird changes in daylight. You want to black out your kitchen, so close all of your blinds, pull the curtains, and then have your artificial light on, and it will have a more consistent look across videos. All right, I shared a little bit more about lighting than I was originally planning to. It's easy to go down the rabbit hole, but remember, I want you to keep it simple. So with the hardware, just focus on what it is you need, For your camera, look at your laptop, see if your laptop camera is high quality enough to use. If not, invest in a webcam and then have that second camera, that overhead camera, be your phone. 
Now, remember for your audio, you want to use a separate mic, and I prefer using a clip-on lav mic. Finally, with lighting, this is where you should prepare yourself to spend some money, but know that it's an investment because with the right lights, not only can you teach really high-quality, well-lit online cooking classes live, but you can also do so recorded. And before I move on to the second tip, I do want to touch on software. Now, there are some really fancy, fun software programs out there that can help you basically teach a better live experience. So it will help you switch cameras easily. You could add really cool text overlays and graphics. Those are great, but that's not what you need to start with. So if you haven't taught online cooking classes before, or you have, and you just want to keep it simple, then I recommend sticking to Zoom. You can have a great teaching experience online using Zoom. Those other bells and whistles can come later, but now's not the time to experiment with those while you're building your teaching foundation. So I recommend starting with Zoom, and there are some really clever ways that you can manipulate it so that you can do things like switch cameras and stay engaged with your students. So tip one was to start simple, both with your hardware and your software. My second tip is to ask for help. That's right. I don't want you to do this alone. Teaching an online cooking class while doing all the other things that are involved on that class, it's just too much work for one person. So I'd rather you focus on doing what you do best, which is teaching your culinary craft and asking for help for the other things. Now I say ask for help because you may not need to hire someone. Let's first talk about what it is that you need to have this person do, and then we can talk about where you can find them. Well, first off, like I said, you should be focused on your class, not letting people into the Zoom room. So what you really want is someone who can help people get into your class. So if they're having trouble logging in, if they don't know where the link is and they send you an email, you don't want to be pulling out your phone in your inbox while people are waiting for you to teach the class. So you want that person that you work with, I call them an assistant, or you maybe have heard of the term moderator. You want them to be able to access your email to provide support where it's needed. Now, what you also want this person to do is to help people troubleshoot basic tech issues that they may be having. How many times have you been in a Zoom call and someone's mic isn't working or maybe it's your own? You can't get the video on. Things like this happen all the time, but you shouldn't be the person helping people troubleshoot it. So have an assistant do that. Make sure that they're familiar with the basic functionality of Zoom. Make sure they know where people can go to change their settings so that they can guide them and have that in a separate chat box. So you don't want the moderator chatting with this one person in the view that everyone can see. It's best for it to be between them on the side so that it doesn't take away from your teaching experience. Your assistant will also help you field questions and organize Q&A during your class as well as at the end. This is really helpful for you because then you don't have to stare at the chat box while you're cooking. Maybe you have to turn your back to go to the fridge and someone wants to ask you a really important question. 
if they're on mute and they're typing it, you won't really know. So having your assistant unmuted, able to communicate with you vocally will be really important. It also helps keep the class focused so that if someone is asking a question that is a bit unrelated to what you're working on at that moment, you may be able to skip it and answer it later during the Q&A. And that's something that your assistant will help you communicate. You certainly don't want to ignore anyone's questions, but you also want the class to flow as smoothly as possible. This point is very relevant for larger demos. So if you have a cook-along class with five participants, you probably can engage with them and not have to worry about saving questions for later. It's not going to feel as disjointed. But if you have a demo for, say, 100 people and you have questions that are scattered and all over the place, it can be really challenging for others to follow along. So that's where an assistant can really come in handy. That being said, even if you have a small class, I still recommend having an assistant so that you can get them up to speed and start to build a great working relationship with them so that when you do teach larger classes, they know your style and they know what to expect. One final way that an assistant can help your class is to help you toggle your cameras. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I like the two camera setup. So while you have the overhead camera up top, you may want to toggle back to the front facing camera and have that be something that's spotlighted. Now that spotlight feature is something that happens in Zoom. And while you can toggle back and forth yourself, you don't wanna do that when your hands are covered in pie dough and you've got flour everywhere. It's not the most practical. So having an assistant who can help you toggle back and forth is really helpful. And it also creates a more seamless experience. One of the things I recommend doing is having a just quick flow, call it a script, a run of show. That's what we say in the events world. You want to have essentially a schedule that walks you through what you will be doing for the 90 minutes that you're teaching. And you want to share that with your assistant. So where can you find this magic assistant? Well, they may be a family member, it could be your teenage daughter, or it could be your partner. It could also be a friend of yours who's willing to lend a hand and perhaps is really tech savvy. They actually don't have to live with you. It can be done virtually. So that's something to consider as you think about where you could actually find an assistant. You can also hire someone. So you can go on platforms like Upwork and even some Facebook groups focused on food and actually hire a freelancer, a contractor who can do it with you virtually. Now with this, I would be a little bit careful because you want to make sure that you trust that person. You know, your cooking class is a big experience for you. So make sure that if you do hire someone on a platform like Upwork, that you go through a very vetted interview process, that you go on multiple video calls with them and you make sure that they are the right fit. What's most important here is someone who understands you and understands what it is you're teaching rather than someone who's tech savvy because the tech basics can be learned relatively quickly, especially if you focus on the key areas where people struggle, like figuring out how to turn their mic on, putting themselves on mute, those sorts of basics. Okay, so to recap, my first tip is to start simple. My second tip is to ask for help. And now my final tip to make your online cooking class tech easier is to focus on the full experience. I want you to think about your cooking class beyond just the 90 minute experience when your participant is in your class. Think about what happens before, during, and after your class. Your experience is more than just a great tech setup, right? During the experience, it's about engaging them. It's about telling stories. 
It's more than just cooking. I want you to check out episode 18 with Eliza Martin if you haven't listened to that episode yet. She does a fantastic job sharing how she approaches online cooking classes as what she calls a chef entertainer. So I'll admit that this tip isn't really about making your tech easier. It's actually more about taking the pressure off of you to have your tech be 110% perfect. You have to have it be good enough so that you can teach what you want in a way that is clear, it's visual, it's engaging, but it doesn't have to be beyond that. Instead, focus on the other things, the other elements of the experience that happen before, during, and after class. So that's what I want you to do here. I want you to think about how you can give yourself a little bit of grace and realize that your students are going to remember how you made them feel. They're not going to remember exactly where the camera was placed and if your voice cut out a few times. Now you might be thinking, well, what could I be doing before the experience that would matter so much? Well, it's all about communication. Before you have your class, you should be sharing the recipes, letting people know what they need, and getting them prepared mentally. If there are things that they should prep in advance to help them catch up, if say they are a real beginner cook and they've never chopped an onion, then maybe that's something you can share with them ahead of time. It's totally up to you, but you want to make sure that when they enter your class, they feel like they truly belong in your class. There are things you can do to continue to extend that experience. What I recommend doing is always sending a thank you email within 24 hours of the end time. Now, that thank you email is, of course, for you to thank them, but more importantly, it's where you share the link to a survey that they can fill out and share their feedback with you. If you are not sending surveys after your classes, you are missing out on such golden opportunities to make your class better, to come up with new ideas for your future classes, and to surprise and delight your participants. You can use incentives like giveaways and prizes to get people to fill out the surveys. Believe me, people love prizes, even if they're super small, a $5 Starbucks gift card, for example. The idea that you are incentivizing them to do something will increase the chances that they will do it. It's just psychology. I dive deeper into this concept of considering the full experience of your participants in episode 11, so be sure to give that a listen. Now that you've made it to the end of this episode, I want to share some very exciting news with you. So I've just announced my very first mini course called Lights, Camera, Cook. I created this mini course in response to all of the questions that I continue to get in the Experiential Table Facebook group. I've talked about that group time and time again on this podcast, so you know that it is the place where all the conversations happen in my community. My members, and perhaps that includes some of you listening, want to know what is the simplest setup out there? What cameras do you absolutely have to have? How do you set up everything so that it works seamlessly every time? Now, I've thought through this and I've created a curriculum around it for my students in cooking class business school. And it pains me to think that you all are reinventing the wheel. There are systems that work out there. There's step-by-step ways to get it done. And that's exactly what I'm sharing in Lights, Camera, Cook. In addition to step-by-step tutorials, you'll also get a few checklists. You'll get a setup checklist so that before you go live, you can make sure that everything is plugged in and looking good. I also have an equipment checklist, so you can look at what you have and assess if you need to buy a few extra things. 
I am keeping it very simple, and I do believe that it's best to make do with what you have, especially in the beginning. And the final piece of the mini course includes an actual live Q&A. So while the tutorials are pre-recorded, I'm offering a one-hour live Q&A so that you can get any follow-up questions answered. I've priced this mini course at a total steal. It's $27. That's right, $27. Normally, I'd value it at, say, $97. But what I really want to do right now is give you all the tools you need to get your classes out there. If tech is the hurdle, if it's the thing that's keeping you from teaching online, well, that problem is now solved. There are really no excuses. So make sure you sign up for Lights, Camera, Cook before enrollment closes on November 30th at 9 p.m. Pacific time. If you're not quite ready for the tech now, but you know you'll need it later, I still encourage you to enroll because you will have lifetime access. So be sure to sign up. You can go to hiddenrhythm.com slash LCC. That stands for Lights, Camera, Cook. I really, really hope to see you in the program. I hope you make the investment in learning what you need so that you can start teaching as soon as possible. Until our next episode, I'll see you in the Facebook group. Bye for now.